Welcome to Daily Discussions. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison. And today we have a man called Luke Fellini, who is an Indigenous builder based on the Sunshine Coast, Queensland. Um, Luke specializes with his business is called Yabba Homes, uh, doing modular homes, doing general contracting to uh, different governments, tier ones. Um, Luke's got like a wealth of experience and a crazy story and journey into he actually ended up running his own business. Um, him and his wife are both business owners. I just checked and I'm pretty sure my last episode was your wife before you got married. So she has a different surname. Um, and I did not mean that intentionally because I record in bulk. <laughs> so if you guys are um, regular listeners, know that I'm probably going to dump about six, seven episodes all at once. So Luke, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, brother Isaac. It's great to be here. Thank you for, yeah, again, thank you for coming on. And we always start off with pretty much like where you're from, where's your mob from, you know, where's your story. Um, you've got Fellini as a surname. I don't think that's a traditional Aboriginal surname. So if you'd like to elaborate uh, a little bit more on that and, and share that story, I think I met your father once. He's quite uh, inconspicuous. He's like this little <laughs> short guy hanging around all these blackfellas. Uh, he stands out a little. So, um, yeah, let us know where's your mob from and tell us a bit about your heritage. Yeah, brother, no worries. Um Mate, so my, like you said, my dad is Valentino Fellini. It's definitely not an indigenous name, um, but he, <laughs> married, <laughs> he married my mother, who is, she's a Kondamooka woman. Um, so she's a Cleary Dalton from, originally from Morton Island, um, then obviously moved along um, over the generations to um, Cubby Cubby Country, um, Duck Hole Creek in Caloundra. Um, yeah, so you hear them, you hear them, immigrant followers that come across to my sacred cubby cubby land. Yeah, we had to muscle you were, in. You were though. the first boat people, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. I actually saw you coming across the canal. So, <laughs> um, so I've actually known Luke. We connected when I returned to country, and um, well, I think we just joined the dots from there. I think it's the classic: your cubby, I'm cubby. Your surname's this. My surname's this. Oh, well, second cousins. And that was pretty much the start of the relationship. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hey, um, I think I think it was the word undumbi, which I haven't heard anyone say um, other than my uncle. And Isaac said that. And um, we played soccer. So that was it. We, we became brothers. <laughs> became brothers. And I think that's it's such a cool story. And for those listening, undumbi is a certain part of the Indigenous community that ties on a lot of the Islander and South Sea Islander um, storyline and law. So some of that sacred knowledge, cultural knowledge is really unpacked when you find other other people from very, very small niche communities within communities that you're able to tie back to a single ancestor. Um, you know, I think of Charlie Brown, which is like Yandina Creek, Brown Creek um, is like yeah. my great, great, great grandfather. I think he was American. He came over, married a cubby woman who then had children who then married back into the cubby family um to the clan and so it's like sometimes it's as messy as it sounds and people's you know observations they go oh you mob are related to each other and pretty much on the east coast this you know southeast yeah pretty much so that's why we had to go like two three tribes over west to find a find a wife to convince (laughs) to come and live sunny coast mob so that wouldn't be too hard you go look clear blue skies beaches you know, mountains, <laughs> it's got everything. Yeah, definitely. Um, so tell me, so uh, Cubby Cubby, Italian heritage, is there, is there much Italian heritage too tied in with your upbringing or are you predominantly like 
yes, I'm a black fella. I'm Australian. I'm a black fella. And this is my story. It's, um, yeah, good question, man. No, to be honest, it, it is, it is 50, 50. Hey, um, my, um, yeah, my nono and nona came here in the fifties. Um, sugarcane north queensland so yeah there's always been a connection i guess between um you know the italian culture and indigenous culture here which is good uh, everyone seems to get along um so yeah i mean it's it's it has it's been 50 50 i um growing up yeah i knew both sides um you know i've been back to italy met family been um all around Everywhere I go, Australia. Let's go back to Italy. I'm pretty jealous now. My my <laughs> heritage, it's non-indigenous, is English, and that's Yorkshire. So I'm pretty sure it's like cloudy, rainy, and uh, pies. So <laughs> I'll go back there. I'm not going to Sicily or you know, I'm going to Naples, like you get to go to. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good. It's good. You you got family all around the world. Um, and like you said before, definitely you can go anywhere in Australia, and someone will know your mob. So yeah, it's awesome. That's great, brother. Good um, and tell us a bit before we go into your business journey. So what makes uh, you Luke Fellaini? Fal- 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 player, but I'm, I'm getting confused. Sorry, listeners. Um, I will do better. So uh, tell me a bit about yourself. Tell me, like, what's the interests, hobbies? You know, growing up, obviously, you got got both cultural inputs. Did you feel like you just went along with the rest of sort of, you know, NRL and, you know, enjoyed – you know, basic things, you know, going out with your mates, getting fish and chips on the, the Friday night, you know, beers. Is, that, is this, You reckon you would have a, a typical Australian upbringing or do you find maybe because community, because a lot of mob that I talk to, you know, obviously some of us come from like Aboriginal housing. We come from low socioeconomics and we really are the starting to be the first couple of mob that actually step out of um, that mm. poverty and poverty mindsets, which sort of inflict our people due to, you know, trying to medicate that trauma that we inherited over those centuries. Yeah, man. Um, no, when you put it like that, you know, Friday night, fish and chips, footy, like, it definitely wasn't like that. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> and um, I mean, you know, I never grew up on the mission either, which, you know, which, which is good or bad. I mean, like, from my perspective, it does distance you from culture a little bit, um, yeah. you know, being brought up in in the Western world and society, but then obviously, you know, from that comes education, you know, which can lead on to other things. Um, You know, hence, you know, the reason why we're in business, I guess, and we are trying to give back. Um, But yeah, I mean, soccer was my focus. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Primary school, even high school, probably up until 20, early twenties. yeah, then I guess turned to construction. Construction was kind of okay. Well, that didn't work. I was like, oh, oh we no. got something else. <laughs> yeah. I think that it's such a common thread with mob that sport is the way out. You know, I think it's something like an Aboriginal people known for sport and art, and mm. you're sort of um, you know going down that sporting sort of way. But you didn't grow up in the mission, so you probably would say you nearly had a middle, you know, middle top middle up you know upper class upbringing yeah definitely definitely yeah working class um, yeah working class yep yeah nothing nothing to complain about when i look back at it but <laughs> yeah and I, from meeting your mom and, and similar story like there's a few members in in family who go on to sort of come out of those communities and come out of those out of the mission sort of 
uh, mindset or way of life um, who then marries someone from a completely different cultural background. And it actually shapes that next generation in a completely different way, but still connected to where we've come from, you know, Yarrabah, Sherberg, Warabinda, whatever mission um, your ancestor was taken to. And if they made it back or some cases, if they weren't never taken in the first place, because they found a way around it. I know some of share that their uh, great grandparents that pretended they were Italian or Indian just so they could stay, <laughs> stay yeah. in the town where they were born and raised, you know, um, for those Aborigine acts and that uh, sort of came in. So your business builder construction, what made you think, all right, so soccer, kicking a soccer ball didn't work. I'm going to go and build things. Well, man, it started it started with plumbing and drainage. So that was the trade I did. Yep. Um, I guess I guess it probably is um it's in our blood. Hey, like we don't like to sit still. Um, you know, we like to move around. It's hard to be in the same job for more than a couple of years. So really? yeah. I <laughs> I completed that apprenticeship. Um yeah, somehow got through it. Um, you know, stayed in that industry for a while and then just slowly moved into, you know, construction. So working with a couple of the tier one builders in Brisbane, um, you know, starting as like a leading hand site foreman, you know, site manager. Um, and you're saying yeah. you didn't like to sit still. So did you enjoy like the nature of going to different sites, sort of scooting around, doing different things? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely got to break it up. Hey. Eh? Um, meet new people. Yeah, I think um, us blackfellas are very social people. My my uh, in my family they say I like to yarn up all the time, and then now my kids are saying it. Yeah, you know, oh dad, I'm yarn strong, <laughs> and I'm this and that, and yeah, and it's like just just when I go out and I'm around others, I I sort of get the bug, but usually by myself I'm pretty quiet. You know, just sort of <laughs> ticking over at home, um, minding my own business. Uh, when you got these yeah, little fellas running around, it's pretty hard to do that. Um, so construction, so how'd you go from, you know, to IC working your way. So you work, what work yourself up to a management position where you're on the tools a lot still, or were you more face to face? Yeah. A bit of, um, bit of both. Hey, or- originally, yeah. In, in construction, yeah, it was probably more tools. Um, and never really had a vision to go to become a builder. I, um, yep. I, you know, I just kind of, I think if, if a door opens and it's in a positive you know, direction, I'll I'll try to step into it and see where it leads. Um, So I was just doing that, um, you know, with the builder and completed a diploma in building and construction, which then led on to me getting my medium rise builder's license. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know, the the high rise commercial scenes, hard work. So, um, yeah, just continuing to evolve, looking for, you know, looking, looking for the easiest path of resistance, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so funny you say that because I think I think back to like Dark Emu, um, Bruce Pascoe's book, and he talked about like early settler activity, activity journaling, finding mob with like fishing entrapments and all these different devices set up in channels and in mountains and snares and it was like oh typical lazy blacks it was like pretty much i'm paraphrasing but pretty much his observation was like look at these slack blacks looking for the easiest (laughs) way out you know and i was like laugh i was like you know we have a 
an ideology of like why work harder when you yeah. don't when you could pull out a few fish go for a walk drink water go for a swim that's like every um white australian every australian's dream to go in camping every weekend as soon as they can as soon as a long weekend comes up you're like i'm out of here you know i'm going back barefoot living in the bush that this is the way you know this is yeah. the life so it's so funny when yeah i think mob bring this over into the workplace and i think it's so quickly stamped like lazy yeah. or slack or you know go and walk about when sometimes it's just like ingenuity or <laughs> thinking outside the box or even questioning the narrative that we have to work five days six days you know just to cover our expenses to live in a in a humpty yeah as my grandfather would say um mm. so yeah you sort of climb your way up and did you find there was like with that work ethic and the understanding of you know trades especially on those big sites it's pretty fast paced and quite um you know, if you, if you fall behind and do things wrong, it can be quite hostile. Like if you're not ready to stand up and actually, you know, stamp out your, your work. Yeah, 100%, man. I, I think that's where we shine, hey, is in that like hostile pressure environment. Like it doesn't really phase many black fellas, you know. They're like, yeah, yeah. You know, like you're not really going to intimidate us, I guess. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know you do the right thing um there's only so much you know you and your team one person can do and take on so yeah i guess yeah. in time you kind of learn to um yeah to not probably be so prideful and um try to take on too much <laughs> i think we're, we're passive like that we'll just be like yeah yeah no worries like but internally we don't even we're actually not even thinking about it we're just like, yeah i'll do that i'll do this you know and or even like you said, pressure fields. You think of like why Goodsey has become so yeah. renowned for the stand he made, but yeah. for like decades until um, Nikki Winmar, there was, mm. and I had to learn this coming from Queensland, learn this about the AFL. But there's like abuse all the time, and there wasn't really any kickback. And then all of a sudden, yeah. uh, Uncle Nikki stands up, Goodsey stands up, and now it's like yeah. a common tread where we're like anything relating to racism, bigotry is like snuffed out straight away because we've helped lead that cultural change. But you think of like the years gone by and the years yeah. I you know, experienced it were just sort of just taking it because that was just what was, what was and always was, you know, since, since the inception of the seven, six colonies and states yeah. and territories, you know, that um, we call the Commonwealth. So that's so good. So tell me your business story. This is the, my favorite part. Yeah, how does okay. how do you end up construction business and i'm sure there's a whole background of different things happening in your life are you married at this time kids you know yes. where you like i'm just going to keep climbing the chain till i run hutchies like what's <laughs> what was the goal you just are you just like i'm going to go with the flow or i'm going to buy a house you know what was what were you thinking what's young luke the builder thinking well man i um yeah, so once I got that license, I was like, okay, cool. Like, how how can I, you know, make a difference here? So, so that's when I formed Yabba Homes, um, which is a modular transportable housing company targeting social and affordable housing. So, there's a lot there's a lot there. So we we are technically still a startup in that manufactured house space. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've done a few little things, but so that that was it. That's the end of the road, I guess. Um, so twenty twenty one, February twenty one. Yep. So 
after how many years of construction, I was just like, yeah, okay, I have enough resources, I guess, technical qualifications now to do this. Yeah. Um, and, and this is it. So it's going to be, it's going to be a slow burn. Um, but I obviously have to start the company, you know, to, to get it off the ground. Um, so yeah, I, I spoke to an elder, a past elder from, um, the knuckle tribe, uncle Gav Costello, um, yep. uh, back over on North Strati and I asked Gav, you know, I was bouncing around some names for the company and, and Yabba means shelter in yeah, nice. quantum, quantum Muka language. So, so technically it's home, home, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, man. So, so Yabba Homes was formed and then it's just, um, yeah, it's a continual like pivoting, um, networking, everything. So I, I am yep. kind of learning on, on fly a little bit, um, with a lot of good support as well. So um, yeah, so so in construction, were you thinking like, this is what I want to do, or there's like something that really inspired you to like move into so like modular social housing, different things like this, which is like a lot of time of a buzzword, and people are doing it because they, I don't know. Sometimes I find people think there's like a carrot at the end of the stick, where they're like, oh, social housing is going to be the next big thing, you know, we're going to build these towers, and I don't know, like. What are your thoughts? How did how did you sort of be inspired for that? I um I had done a lot like growing up um in construction with relocatable homes. Yeah. Like subdivisions in retirement parks. So basically just two halves on a truck forming one complete home on site. Yeah. So I, I had a little bit of experience um around that modular concept. Um so that was you know, that was kind of there. Um, you can kind of, obviously you need, you know, you need to make money and be sustainable. So, yeah. um, you know, there is, there is money to be made there as well. Um, but I just think I was just social and affordable housing. Um, there's a crisis at the moment and if we can come up with a, um, uh, a product that's cheap, um, easy, accessible, you know, we can we can kind of make a difference, you know. Yeah, nice. I think in Queensland, there's like you would know, but the statistics for available rentals and the medium affordability is like one point something percent of the entire stock, or something ridiculous like that. Um, I heard like two Christmases ago there was like five thousand people living in a catchment area, working in a catchment area, but just had nowhere to live. Like that's just. <laughs> incredible yeah it is it's it is hey i think it's going to get worse um yeah it's the olympics is coming to southeast queensland which you know obviously has i heard a, they're just bunking with people the olympics they're just doing sur uh, couch surfing so if you want you know like the high jumper to stay with you you just gotta have a really long couch you just register online and a palaché looks at it goes yep that's all good Send the uh, yeah. silver medalist there, send the gold medalist over here, you know. Well, if, it, if it's going to work anywhere, it'll be Queensland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you've got enough space. So, um, no, that's why. So, obviously, on that, there's the, uh, you know, Indigenous brothers and sisters who are then in the social housing. Now, I know you, you are a board member or you're involved with Cubby, um, Cubby Cubby Corporation, which I think it does its own 
sort of Aboriginal housing model. Is that correct? Yeah, correct, man. Yeah, so I'm um, I am currently an interim board member for those guys. Um, yeah, Cubby Cubby Aboriginal Housing Corporation. They've got about uh, eighteen properties in their portfolio. Yeah, wow. Which um, which is great. Yeah, they've held on to them. Um, and they're looking to develop as well, so they're gonna. Yeah, I was gonna. Say, I remember you telling me that, like, some of these areas, like, if anyone doesn't know, but like the Sunshine Coast historically is a bunch of townships where you got Maroochydore, Nambour, Caloundra, and over time, all those in betweens have been filled with housing mm. and schools and shops, and now it just seems like one big, like, block called the Sunshine yeah. Coast, and. Aboriginal housing were in some of those spots which have now gentrified. And traditionally, Aboriginal housing uh, were like the poorest or the poorest. Like you went in Aboriginal housing, you're sort of getting like a beat up shack at the back <laughs> of Woolies. Um, but I think you told me that because they've the corporation has held on to some of those land for so long that they have become now like premium land spots in yeah. prime development. How does an Aboriginal organization that's predominantly like a housing co-op then sort of have to adjust to being some sort of prime developer or they like, can they even do that? Like, is that in the constitution? Can, can you make money? Can you, can you develop? Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely rules around it. And, um, and you know, I'm, I'm only an interim board member, mate, so I, I probably don't know the ins and outs. I think you're, you're a builder. You know, you know everything <laughs> well, about the construction industry. I, I know there's some things I can't be talking about either, but... <laughs> oh, fair enough. Well, we'll, we'll, but, we'll edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> Except for my Patreon. Um, no, no, I'm just joking. I don't have Patreon. That's, that's a lie. Um, yeah, man, they're, they're definitely turning a corner um, and looking, like you said, so these these blocks of land have, you know probably quadrupled in the last 10 years of value so yeah um yeah like you know to demolish two houses and put 20 units up it's it's a massive development which you know they're in partnership with state government and and they've got to follow everything there but they do own it um so it's a legacy man like the way i see it is um it's a stewarding role i guess to develop and look after um, that portfolio, you know, for two, three, four generations to come. Yeah, so that's... it's sort of like you've got to protect it because you know these culturally uh, important pots like you know cotton tree, mm. um, and these pockets where there's a lot of um, cultural knowledge, artifacts, and events, and you want to keep mob in proximity with access to that. I think that's important to look after that stock, otherwise. Just like every other socio low socioeconomic develop, you know, um, group, they're getting pushed further and further, further yeah. out um, to places that aren't predominantly their places, you know. Yeah, that's right. Hey, um, yeah, it'd be amazing, you know, to for the organisation, man, and and all the TOs and you know brothers like us who don't know where we really fit in, but to to go back there one Chipping day. In. <laughs> To go back there one day and, and, you know, like Cubby Cubby Aboriginal Housing Corporation is doing private developments where, you know, they're renting and selling to the to the public for a profit. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, I think that's the next step. I speak to a lot of people here in Melbourne. It's like the same. It's like the evolution. And, and sometimes 
other board members I've spoken to and similar organizations are like, we feel like there's so many missed opportunities, not because of the, oh, a little bit because of the knowledge part and the education, but also the average age of um, those in charge in indigenous sectors, private yeah. and public, are, are a lot older. But yeah. we know that the, the actual bigger population of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people is in that the Zoomer, as they say, Gen Z and millennials. Yeah. So the next like part of the process is mob that are across the public and the private and go, this is the best outcomes we want. Yeah, yeah, man. That's it. That's exactly it. You nailed it. Hey, like I'm the youngest on the board now. Um, great board, like some great elders, um, you know, some great knowledge from private sectors as well. Everyone seems to have their own, you know, businesses doing well and coming together for the Cubby um, board to try to develop that, you know, um, and leave that legacy. I, My uncle was on the board for North Coast Health, which are up on Cubby Cubby as well. So he's yeah. he's been involved up there for 25 years. Uncle, yeah, Tom wow. Cle- uncle Tom Cleary, I'll give him a shout out. <laughs> Avid listener. <laughs> he soon will be. We'll send it to him. Yeah, yeah so he's, he's kind of paved the way and, um, you know, like, He's, he gives me gives me some advice, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's good. They've they've um, you know the board and I guess the region. Um, um, for listeners who don't know what that means for Aboriginal people, it's usually just telling you what to do by advice. It's like <laughs> I'm going to give you some kind advice, and then that's just like the feedback loop for about half an hour, and then a few stories yeah, weaved in there. And some mm, and some heavy eye rolls. Yeah, and sort of. And they look off to the distance as if they've seen <laughs> the ethereal spirit flying through the sky. Um, no, that's so good. And so, you know, moving forward um, with your business, I know in Queensland things are a little bit different with the Indigenous, um, you know, the economy on that mm. state level. Things like the Olympics is coming up, which is like really exciting. And we're hoping there's a lot of opportunity for mob to get in, in you know, integrate into those procurement supply chains. I know down here in Victoria with the Commonwealth Games, there's a lot of, a lot of talk and being in the regional area, there's a lot of Aboriginal people that are actually stationed out there as well. Um, yeah. You know, going forward, what do you, what do you see sort of happening with that? The Queensland Indigenous business space, in particular construction, um, social housing. You know, do you think you'd be able to start being one of those preferred suppliers? You know, what's the obstacles that sort of hold back? Um, yourself and other Aboriginal businesses that are similar? Yeah, man, good question. Like, to be honest, um, that whole, you know, infrastructure tier one, federal funded stuff, like, it's great. You know, there's a lot of money there. To be honest, I don't think that's ever going to be us. I, th- I think... Um, so, as like, as a group of Aboriginal business or... Uh, I, I can't speak for, for every... Because you know, I think that's a really a really good point. Like, will someone be able to go and take on a six hundred million dollar contract? If not, if so, <laughs> when? You know? My opinion, my opinion, man, not a hundred percent indigenous owned and led company. No, it won't yeah, because they won't even get a look. And yeah. the margins are so low, man. Like, it's it's too risky to be honest. Yeah. I guess from from my perspective, anyway. Um, you know, delivering homes, it's different than delivering. It's not like an imported product. Yeah. Like a, lot, a lot goes into it, you know. Um, and even after, 
even after it's delivered, like there's a seven year structural warranty. There's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's only so many you can deliver in, in six or 12 months as well. So in terms of providing a construction service to some of those, um, you know, federally funded projects, you know, it's an yep. option. We, we're doing work for QBuild, Department of Education, so Sunny Coast Council. So there's there's little things like that that, you know, we're happy happy to play around in. But um, a six hundred million dollar project, <laughs> like, is <laughs> um you need a big team for that. But man, I think you know lately I've had and I have had it had the vision, I guess, and the idea for a while. But it's it's to probably supply a flat packed home yeah. that can be, you know, that's full certified to the Australian standard. Um, and, and try to get that out remote, you know, where we can send yeah. a team to assemble even, even overseas. Um, you know, I've got a couple of others in, in Papua New Guinea who are doing good things who are screaming out for shelters like that as well. Yeah. It's, it's, Interesting you say that. I remember having um, Martin Oakley from Black Stump as the power supply and they did like Papua New Guinea at the hospital, big shipping container. And mm. it seems to be where there seems to be less regulation. Um, these unique projects are actually able to get in the ground, be installed and then actually proofed. People can live in them or use the power. And I think in you know, our greatest strength in Australia is regulated, make sure no dodgy stuff is happening and people are safe and you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, but then it's also, we're, it's very slow to get new solutions um, to the market yeah. quickly because if, you know, the landscape of the Sunshine Coast, our country, you know, you go to the beach one side, but then you've got all the land behind you and there's yeah. up in the ranges, you know, Mapleton, Montville behind, there's such beautiful places. But it's really hard to get a builder to be going out there daily <laughs> to chuck your slab unless you're like a multimillionaire. But there's heaps of pockets and I talked to a lot of people and you've got the whole tiny house movement and it's like people were happy to live, you know, maybe two tiny houses glued together, um, but people yeah. are happy to live like that short term or long term if there's enough space around them. They can have a lifestyle and the internet work from home thing has all been pretty much proven um, that it can be done. And so, yeah, I think that would be one of the biggest frustrations like holding back businesses like yours where you're like, I have a solution. You've just got to get rid of this red tape. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's it. Like town planning, zoning, um, just local government authorities, housing regulations. And it's like it's to the point where people will set a tent up in the backyard. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, for shelter. So, I mean, the government, you know, they won't allow multiple dwellings on one block. And, um, yes, I think some relaxation has to happen for you know, on the government's behalf to allow for yeah yeah for some small that's living. such a diplomatic word relaxation <laughs> you know <laughs> just some relaxation um, that's their that's their terminology that's their terminology it is funny you see that because you go around in some of the nice areas and people have got tents in the backyard or caravans that are all wired mm. up two caravans sometimes and you're like it must be pretty bad where people can afford but there's just no options within reason that they can get into um yeah, it's crazy so no, that's so good and i think your comments about like a big enough indigenous business i think 
you think of the big guys that winning it, they're sort of multi-generational coming from boomers and jet X's all the way down to the new generation at the helm. And for us to then compete, I suppose that would probably take a couple of generations unless there's a bit of a fluke. And then obviously there's the question mark of joint ventures, but we won't go into that today with indigenous joint ventures, dress well, black cladding. No, thanks. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, um, indigenous joint ventures as in like indigenous companies coming together yeah we're talking about no i'm talking about 5149 yeah, yeah. Uh, i, I <laughs> but, know but... <laughs> but the funny thing you say the indigenous um i think like you said where do they get the capability the bank balance and the mm. assurance needed to go to those big departments and say hey this really really important project um, we can look after for you don't stress about it um, those those businesses are like multi generational. You think of yeah. what Hutchinson's that we just said before. Um, you know, others there from Granddad being passed down, passed down. Then no offshore, you know, entity then buys another share, injects in a whole butter, you know, bit of experience, different things like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's um, it does take a while to get to that level, but there are a few good few good um indigenous companies out there now and and even if they are 5149 they are paving the way you know and, yeah yeah and i think they're opening the door to experiences yeah. some may have never have received and uh yeah you know eat the fish spit at the bones we can eat the bones <laughs> if you want just a bit of good calcium yeah. protein bone marrow i don't fish that bone marrow anyway before i get sidetracked um no, it's so good, brother. I know it's like we already talked half an hour and we, I feel still haven't got to talk about who is Luke. But um, so but you're married, uh, kids, settled in Budrum. You know, for you, I think I'd finish on this. Now, what does success look like for you as a Aboriginal man in Ooh. 2023? Well, man, I, to be honest, it's, um, it's got to start in the home. For me, um, yeah, marriage, kids, bringing the kids up well, good morals, um, you know, being a positive influence in the community, um, you know, with with everything, and then, and I honestly think the business, the business will succeed off the back of that. Yeah, nice, because essentially your business is you, an extension of you. Your expression well, to the market. Well said, brother. Yeah. So if it falls <laughs> apart, we know Luke is falling. Out. No, kidding, <laughs> um, no, that's so good. Um, and for like young, like some young Indigenous listeners, um, you know, they're finishing high school. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. Um, or Indigenous allies who want to support and help help out. Or people who are just trying to get their head around this whole blackfellow thing. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, what we're about and what we're doing. Uh, what would you say uh, to those sort of young up and coming people, you know, because I think there's a lot of opportunities. So sometimes people can think I'll jump into this business with someone, government yeah. will give me contracts and off I go. But I know yeah. with you and conversations, it's not the case and it requires a lot of long nights, early mornings. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Murray grapevine, mate, it extends all the way down to Victoria. Um, <laughs> so just More efficient than the Curry grapevine. <laughs> just um, ask ask some questions if you're young you know like you you know reach out to isaac for one or you've got an elder cousin someone auntie somewhere along the line you know and 
don't be don't be shame like have go for that coffee meeting and ask some questions and you know speak to some some people who have been around uh and they'll steer in the right direction for sure um yeah like if get off get off instagram get off facebook and start <laughs> yeah. a, start a linkedin profile and just message on that <laughs> and ask ask some just brothers ask, and sisters ask for yeah, coffee ask. i think i think that's delicate because even like if you think elders and community are like, oh, they're probably not going to know. Um, they're probably not going to have the answer. You know, they're probably not going to, you know, this is a business question or a, you know, ambition yeah. question. But you'd be surprised how many elders that I've spoken to that like, good on your brother, good on your, good on your son. Like, I wish I yeah. did X, Y, Z and moved here to, and took that job or took that position. You know, I wish I did this or I wish I did that. Um, it's actually quite motivating because you're sort of carrying the aspirations and, dreams of like ancestors and 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 clansmen and family that either didn't have the opportunity or the confidence or just regretted making that that decision you know and so we do walk forward sort of carrying that you know trying to accomplish it for all of us yeah man and um yeah and then like you said those elders like and if they don't have the answer they'll know someone who will yeah 100 percent. awesome brother well thanks so much for coming on we like it short sharp and sweet here at uh, Deadly Discussions. So um, wish you the best of luck. And I'm sure we'll get you on later down the track to hear more about the journey. Hopefully you've built yourself a little township of tiny houses. I mean, social <laughs> social responsible housing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And, and we'll, um, yeah, we'll, be, we'll all be there supporting the Broncos, the Brisbane Broncos. No, Redcliffe Dolphins. I've migrated. No, no, North Queensland Cowboys. <laughs> awesome thanks brother well thanks for coming on and we'll talk to you soon sweet man take care